Welcome to Do Not Go Quiet. Here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, and nobody can hang with my stuff. With Eric Wilson. There's a big, hairy American winning machine. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Do Not Go Quietly podcast. Probably should have done this before my first two episodes of the podcast, uh, and I had meant to, but I had a guest cancel today, so great opportunity for me to do my why on this, right? When there's a million podcasts out there already, why do we need another one? So the, the impetus for me on doing this was just the humongous change that happened in my life uh, between the ages of 45 and my late 40s, early 50s. Um, just a lot of debilitating injuries and things that at certain times, you know, left me in situations where uh, questioning whether I could actually live like this for another 20 to 30 years. And these are all, you know, things I've shared with my wife and my family. Not not that I ever got to the point where we we're talking about being suicidal, but just this kind of deep despair that can occur. And as I've talked to more and more people in my age group, I find that that happens a lot. And so as you kind of look back on how we get here, right, my history is that I've been an athlete since, you know, I was a young kid, uh, primarily football, but in high school it was football, baseball, then football and track, um, lots of heavy weightlifting. Um, you know, I was good enough to play Division three college football. I ended up at a Division two school uh, and walked on, and I was basically a tackling dummy um, for guys that were much, much better than me. Uh, and then I had the opportunity to play uh, semi-pro football for about four years, which is basically just a bunch of guys after college who couldn't give up the sport and wanted to beat each other up on Saturday afternoons uh, and then go out and have a good time after. So <laughs> that's kind of what I did. Um, I got into college football coaching. Uh, I was a coach in college for close to 10 years, uh, University of South Carolina, Grand Valley State University in Michigan, Murray State University in Kentucky. Uh, and then when I got out of coaching, I really kind of had this void in my life in terms of there was no competition all of a sudden. I had spent my whole life competing since the time I was a kid in elementary school. And so I started to seek out purpose and competition somewhere else. And I, I got into triathlons and I started doing them by doing sprint triathlons. Then I did some Olympic distance and I kind of culminated with doing a half Ironman triathlon uh, at one point. And that's kind of what I thought I was going to do for a while. Uh, the half Ironman took a ton of training um, and I didn't end up doing another one. I did keep doing the shorter races for a while. Um, and then there was a period of time uh, after I got married and I started having a family with multiple kids that I, I started doing CrossFit just because it was easier, it was quicker. The, the time that was required for triathlons just became a little bit too much. And so I did CrossFit really heavy for three to four years. Uh, in the middle of that, I also got involved in rucking and I was doing go ruck and uh, walking out and doing, you know, five to seven mile rucks with heavy weighted packs. Um, and so I was always in this position where I challenged myself physically. And when you're young, and even in my 40s, I was very strong and very fit, you get to this point where you really don't, you really just take your body for granted. You think it's always going to perform like that. It always has. You're never going to have a, a situation where, you know, that happens to other people, right? I used to see people in their 50s with back pain and, and things like that. And I would just be like, oh my, my God, I'm glad that didn't happen to me. Um, 
and then in my late 40s, it, it did. I started getting uh, nerve pain down my left leg. I started developing a lot of pain in my lower lumbar area, uh, which uh, really kind of removed me from any kind of significant training. And I basically kind of got down to light exercise, which mentally wasn't great for me. I didn't realize it at the time. And also, um, I didn't really know what to do with it. And so after about two to three years of that, I, I saw a neurologist, a neurosurgeon. Um, they did uh, surgery on my left side of my spine, um, uh, a microlaminectomy, a microdiscectomy of my lumbar spine. And that solved it and helped uh, quite a bit. Um, the issue that I was into at that point was because I had been in so much pain for a couple of years, um, I had been put on pain medication. And the pain medication was never something that I took uh, for reasons other than to control the pain. Like the pain in the first time before my surgery was so debilitating at a certain point that that's what kind of caused me to go to surgery was it would take me 20 to 30 minutes to get out of bed. There was times where I would have such shooting pain down my leg that it would just basically collapse and I would couldn't stand up. Um, those were things that I really didn't show my kids. Uh, I didn't want my kids to know, you know, how bad it was. Uh, they, you know, they knew that I wasn't doing as well, but they didn't know the extent of how bad it was. And so eventually I got, I went and had surgery and the surgery really helped a lot. Um, but I had been taking pain medication for two years and it was really hard to get off of the pain medication. It took me another year after surgery before I finally came off the pain medication. Uh, and it wasn't just that it had been a combination of pain medication with an anxiolytic because of the anxiety and everything that came along with all the pain. And from what I've been told, the anxiolytics are probably worse to come off than pain medication, but I came off both of them at the same time. Uh, and there was a period of about 10 days where like, I just wanted to crawl in a hole. It was so bad. Um, but I eventually got off the pain medication. Uh, I never really got back to training very hard because I was so afraid that I was going to hurt my back. I was working out, but I wasn't really working out the way I used to work out. Um, and so it was kind of, I was in this point of stasis where at this point I'm in my, my early fifties. Um, I'm definitely not challenging my body the way I used to. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of managing things. I'm definitely not in the shape that I used to be in. At this point, I had gained, at the worst point, I had gained 65 pounds. I was over 300 pounds. Um, and then after the first back surgery, I got and I lost about uh, 20 of that. Um, but I hadn't, I just, I had a hard time losing the rest of it. Um, no matter how little I ate, I think I had, I had kind of drifted into this metabolic syndrome at this point. And what I'd always done when I was young was just train really, really hard for hours a day. And that kind of fixed it, but I couldn't do that at this point. Um, and so about three years after that, uh, this is just about two years ago, I started having the same symptoms down my right leg. Um, and I ran into the same issue. Basically I got to the point where I could not walk very well. It wasn't as bad as the left side, but it was bad to the point where I couldn't exercise at all. I literally couldn't go out and walk past the end of the driveway because of the shooting pain down my leg. So I went to the neurosurgeon. Uh, he did the same procedure on the right leg as he did on the left. Unfortunately, this time the result was not nearly as productive. It really didn't do much to improve it. 
that was the spring of 2022. Um, and so I basically spent uh, the summer of 22 trying to figure out like, what am I going to do? Because at this point, I'm five years into this journey. And I'm, I'm basically saying like, um, I can't live another 20 or 30 years like this. Again, not suicidal, but just my life had changed so much. Um, and so many times, you know, even though I had great relationships with my family, this thing that I had lived on for 45 years of my life um, had just disappeared. The ability to challenge my body, the ability to put myself through really, really difficult situations, those things were always extremely purposeful and rewarding to me. And so I learned about this procedure called disc seal. Um, and part of my podcast, the why of this podcast, right, is to share information and to meet and interview people, um, not just that I'm interested in, which I will do a lot of that as well, but over time I want to bring experts in the field that deal with the kind of situations that people in their late 40s, 50s, and beyond are dealing with that oftentimes feel like, hey, there's no answer to this, right? I'm going to have to live with this for the rest of my life. Uh, and not only physically debilitating, but it's mentally debilitating. And so I learned of a procedure called disc seal, uh, and it's only really offered by a few people in the country. And their thought process was, hey, it's not as much the spinal issues in terms of the nerves and those things that are being dealt with from the spine uh, and some of the, the bony outgrowths on the spine, but they, the people that do that subscribe to this, this thought process that there's th such a thing called leaky disc syndrome, which is that the disc ruptures, it leaks uh, the soft fluid that usually keeps the disc uh, soft and, and um, able to absorb the pressure between uh, the, the um, spine and that it's leaking fluid constantly onto the spine and creating a chemical irritation that causes all this neuropathic pain. Um, at this point, I don't have any other really choices, right? I'm, I'm gonna try something. Uh, this was an elective procedure. It was about a $17,000 procedure, uh, but I rolled the dice and did it. Um, it was done under fluoroscopy with local anesthetic. Um, it really immediately helped my lower back and a lot of that pain really, really dissipated. Now, I still had a lot of nerve pain in my leg and that did not go away. Um, and so I had this procedure done in September of 22. And for about the next three months, uh, I was kind of status quo dealing with all this nerve pain. And I ran into, or didn't run into, I was, I'm still coaching football and the strength and conditioning coach at the school that I coach at said, Hey, there's a physical therapist that, that I work with who worked with me after my cervical surgery, who is amazing. Like you have to talk to this guy. And, and I'd been to physical therapy with a couple other physical therapists who did mostly stimulation, manipulation, things of that nature that would, you know, make it feel good for a little, you know, a day or two, and then it would just go right back to normal. So I was pretty pessimistic about going to a physical therapist. And uh, he said, look, you just got to go visit with the guy. He's a different dude. So uh, I went and visited, um, uh, and he's going to be on the podcast with me in a few weeks, uh, a gentleman named Sean Jacobs. And his approach to it was the entirely different approach. He said, look, 
you know, you, you've been walking bent over, um, tilted to the side for six years. Uh, you've completely changed the dynamic of your muscular structure. Uh, you've shortened the muscles in your hip. You've shortened the nerve in your hip. And those things have gotten worse because of inactivity caused by the pain. Now, he put me through a series of uh, tests and evaluations. And when we got done, he said, look, I think that you do have some spinal, you know, some, some pain in your lumbar spine that's just degenerative, right? But it's not the worst part of what you've got going on. You can work around that. The biggest pain that you have is the one in your leg and the neuropathic pain, the shooting, the electricity down from my hip all the way down to my foot. And he was right. That was the debilitating part. And he said, I think that's mostly coming from the, the change in your muscles and just the, what the, the bad posture and all the things that the pain have brought forth to your posture over time. Like that's what's really causing all that pain is the, the muscle tightening, the lack of flexibility. And I'm going to approach this in a completely different way. So as opposed to the stuff that I experienced before, you know, when I first went in there and he evaluated me, I literally could not stand straight up. I couldn't stand vertically. I just couldn't do it. It hurt too much. And so he started me on a completely different kind of strength program. Um, you know, and in the beginning, it was very resistance-based stuff with the entire purpose of, of strengthening the supporting muscles uh, in the lower body around my hip and also elongating that muscle and that nerve eventually, uh, which would continue to provide more movement, more flexibility. And as that happened, then I could become more active. And so that was in December of 22. This right now is, is March or actually April of 23. And fast forward three and a half months, um, I can stand completely vertically straight. Uh, I still am working on being able to uh, be vertical and straight with my hip because I have a hip that kicks out uh, just due to the way I walked for six years. Um, I am deadlifting now. Uh, I am doing uh, a lot of heavy lifting, which you would think sounds the opposite of what you should do. But we've gradually worked up to those things uh, to the point where those things are strengthening the muscles that have been, you know, destroyed over the last six years. And I'm doing things now that I never even thought I could, would have done the rest of my life in terms of the way I'm working out. Um, can I go run down the street and do things like that? No. And I probably never will. Um, but you know, I can get on, on a Peloton and I can jam out a 30 minute workout hard. Um, I can do deadlifts with a lot of weight. I can bench press, you know, I'm back up to bench press and 225, you know, five sets of five. I'm doing things, I'm squatting with kettlebells, things that I never thought I would do. Um, and a big part of that is, is what I've hung out there for myself. So when I first met with Sean, you know, he said to me, what's your goal in this whole thing? Like, what are you trying to achieve? And there was this goal that I thought I'll never be able to do this. But, and that's kind of what I said was like, well, I've got something I'd like to do, but I don't know if I'll ever do it. And he said, look, I want you to take all that junk, all that stuff that you've kind of packaged up and that you believe and throw it out the window because this is a different deal. Like we're going to get you to a completely different place that you probably never thought you'd be able to get to again. So what do you want to do? Um, I last year was, uh, was I had coached football forever 
and I'm taking this year off because my daughter's going to be a senior in high school. But I've developed this interest in in uh, bow hunting. Um, there's kind of this this art to the bow, um, and a lot of people around here hunt deer. You know, I'm I'm going to use some of those things to develop skills and to scout. But um, my ultimate goal, I said, was I want to go out and do an elk hunt in uh, out west in the fall of 24. Um, and if you've never looked at what elk hunting is or what those things are, you're, you know, you've got a 40 pound pack, you're out, you know, in the mountains and you're doing, you know, eight to 12 miles a day for seven to 10 days, um, as you're trying to, to get within, you know, 50 yards of an elk to take it down with a bow. Um, and I'm a big believer, you know, not in hunting to kill, but hunting as a harvesting, as a way to control game. Um, as a way to feed your family, as a way to develop a skill set that our forefathers had that most of us have lost. Um, and I never had any interest in it as a kid, but I'm super, super drawn to it now. And I think part of that is just as you get, as I've gotten older, I've gotten more enamored with the creation of the earth and, and what God's put in front of us uh, and being able to be closer to that. So that's what I told him. I said, that's my goal. I want to do an elk hunt in 24. And I told him what it consisted of. And he said, Hey, I think we can get you there. Um, and now three months later, I believe it, right? I believe that I can do that. Um, and I feel fully confident that I'll be able to, I, I couldn't walk past hardly the end of my driveway when I started working with him three months ago, uh, due to the pain in my leg. And last weekend I went out and I did a mile and three quarters, um, at a pretty good pace, which sounds like nothing to an average person. But if you've had debilitating back, back pain and have hardly been able to walk, it is a huge stride forward. And my goal is I, I want to be able to go out and do 10 to 12 miles with a weighted pack and, and be able to do that regularly. And to be where I am at just three months, I'm really on my way to be in there. So, so all that is to say, you know, what is do not go quietly? And, and again, this started with why am I doing this, right? The feeling of lack of hope, the feeling of despair that I have had at points in this journey through all this pain has also helped me realize that one of the things that happens as we get older and we are presented with challenges that are very difficult is it's easy to lose hope and it's easy to start to accept that your life will never be the same and to just kind of move on with it and say you know that's my life right but for me and I know in speaking to you know I'm around a lot of coaches a lot of athletes and in speaking to older athletes when they start to lose purpose is when they start to lose hope. When we're young and we are driven and passionate and excited about something, in my case, it was athletics. In some people's case, it's the arts. Uh, in some people's case, it's travel, whatever it is. And we're learning and we're exposing ourselves to challenges that make us feel alive, that make us fill us full of purpose those things 
are what create this that feeling that we have when we're young, right? That feeling of being able to conquer the world. And as we get older and we take on more and more responsibility in our families and we have financial responsibilities, uh, it's hard enough to try to keep that in as part of your life. But then when you start to be faced with physical challenges, again, it can sometimes get to the point where you either feel hopeless or you just kind of feel numb because you feel like you're never going to be able to feel like that again. And you almost forget what it's like. And I can tell you that the I feel so alive right now. Even though I still have a lot of pain, I know that I am working through the pain and I am becoming more and more functional and more and more fit every day. Um, I'm down 20 pounds in about the last seven weeks as I've really, my workouts have really ramped up a lot more. Um, and I'm, I'm using some medicine on the side to also help with that because I know that if I can get off, you know, another 50 pounds, the, the way that's going to impact my back is going to be significant. Um, but just being able to feel like there's something out there that I never thought I could do again, that I'm going to do, it gives me this joy and this excitement that I can't even explain. And so my goal for, for this podcast is to explore those kinds of things. And sometimes I'm going to talk to people that are doing things that I am interested in and I'm passionate about so that I can learn from them. Um, sometimes I'm going to talk to people that have an impact on the aging space, right? Like the physical therapist that I just mentioned, um, uh, talking to people about diet and nutrition and how that impacts the way that you age. Uh, I want to provide information that not only is interesting, but also is pertinent to people in our age group, uh, that are struggling with things so that they can recognize that you aren't stuck where you are, that there is hope, that there is a chance for you to have immense joy and to have purpose again. Um, and when you don't think that's a, available to you, the worst thing you can have in life is to lose hope. Uh, and I can tell you from somebody who's been very close to that edge of feeling like that for a long, long time, you can find a way back and there's a lot, you can overcome a lot. I have, um, and I've got a family that loves me. Um, I've got most amazing wife in the world. I've got, uh, children that are amazingly supportive, um, that I cheer for every day. And I truly believe that there's an answer for just about anything out there, but it all starts with hope and it all starts with a purpose. And hopefully I can help some people recognize that to do, uh, recognize that as well. And together we won't go quietly. So thanks for listening. You still here? Thanks for listening to the do not go quietly podcast it's over. with Eric Wilson. Go home. Go.